Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you at the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. My buddy Kelly Sander uh, on the show as well with me uh, this afternoon. Luke out today. Uh, Going to be talking to Southern Miss Golf Coach Eddie Brescher a little later in the program. Kelly and I have plenty to talk about uh, regarding Conference USA football over the weekend, the upcoming football game with Southern Miss and North Alabama. But before we get everything underway, I want to remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit. When it's Friday afternoon, it's a great time to start thinking about Dickie's because it is a great place to take the family. Uh, you can now dine again in the dining room here in Hattiesburg. You can go through the drive-thru, or they'll even deliver Dickies right to your front door. So make it a great Friday night and enjoy a delicious Dickies barbecue meal. What a better way, Kelly Sander, to start the weekend, huh? Actually, load up on Friday and just get enough to carry you through the whole weekend. Correct, right, because yeah. you got ball to watch tomorrow, right? Well, less and less, as it turns <laughs> yeah, out. less and, and we'll less. talk about that later on in the show. But, yeah, there, yeah. there will be some games tomorrow. One we think that's going to happen is at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon when Southern Miss uh, entertains North Alabama, a team that that obviously Southern Miss fans know very little about. But, boy, there Kelly, there is a Mississippi connection to this North Alabama team. The head coach, uh, Chris Willis, who's done, a, by all accounts, an excellent job there, was a recruiting coordinator and assistant head coach uh, at uh, Delta State when they won the 2000 uh, Division II national championship he he was an athlete at aberdeen high school uh, went to college at delta state married a young woman from greenville mississippi and uh understand has nine kids on his roster from mississippi uh after 15 seasons on the north alabama staff in various positions he took over as the head coach in 16 when they moved to d1 so Funny how how many of these schools that uh, southern miss plays that there's such a, a mississippi tie and this is a great example and, and any time athletic directors have to make those calls, the natural thing to do is call people that you know. And, of course, Jeremy McClain, the athletic director at Southern Miss, was athletic director at Delta State, went to Delta State. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, Coach Willis and and uh, Jeremy McClain had crossed paths, you know, at some point. And when they had, when Southern Miss got the vacancy, you know, why not reach out to people that you know and say, look, can we make this work? And, um, and, of course, it behooves Coach Willis, too, because, as you mentioned, a lot of guys on his roster from Mississippi, so he's looking upon this game as, as a you know, recruiting tool. And, look, you know, just because you haven't heard of North Alabama in the AP Top 25 or anything doesn't mean they're a team to be overlooked, considering that they, they were beaten earlier this year by, by Liberty, as were the Eagles. But they only got beat 28-7, to and we're only down by seven and a half. So... It's a it's a formidable team, and they haven't been uh, really haven't been torn up by COVID like a lot of teams, including Southern Miss, 
And at this point, even if the worst should happen for the Eagles, you know, at this point, what does it really matter? But you 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 want the guys to to get a little bit, you know, get a win under their belt so that they can go into the still the meat of their schedule. When you're talking about Conference USA with games under normal circumstances, still with UAB and and uh, Texas San Antonio, you know, still to come. So there's still a lot a lot of. Uh, Conference USA pride that Southern Miss is playing for, and this could, and of course they they just rescheduled the game with with uh, Florida Atlantic, which is going to be a team that's going to contend in the East. So they've got a lot of good football teams still that they have to play. Do the Eagles? No question. We believe the Golden Eagles will be playing their third string quarterback tomorrow. We we don't believe Tate Watley and Jack Abraham are going to be available unless there's some last minute change there against a pretty salty North Alabama team that comes in full strength. So, Kelly, I got to tell you, man, you you know, when this game was first announced, I think probably the inclination of most Southern Miss fans, uh, and maybe even we were guilty of that, oh, well, there's there's a game, uh, you know, no matter the circumstance, the Golden Eagles can win. But I'll tell you this, I suspect the Golden Eagles better have it strapped up and ready to go tomorrow or they could have their feelings hurt. And one of the things that, that the Eagles will be at a disadvantage at is that the West Virginia transfer, you know, that's coming that, that's going to start in this game, you know, he's, it's reasonable to assume that he hasn't been able to digest the entire playbook yet. Okay, so you're only going to probably run a series of plays, you know, not the entire, not the entire playbook, but, but, you know, maybe six or ten plays that he's familiar with. And, of course, as time goes on, he would learn more, but, um, I would think offensively, Southern Miss will be limited as to how many plays they can call, considering limited exposure to the playbook. So. Well, well, correct. Yeah, that that is absolutely correct. So the Golden Eagles are certainly not a hundred percent when they take on this North Alabama team. Uh, in light of everything that's happened this year, Kelly, and continues to happen, uh, normally you would say, "Oh, this is an absolute must win." You know, there is no way they can afford to lose a game like this and and i hate to i hate to sound this way I, i'm sure they don't want to lose and i don't want them to lose but i mean at this point kelly uh, is some of the importance some of the lackluster off of uh the remainder of the games due to the covid craziness and everything that's happened to this football team this year well everything i mean you've never had when you look at the starting lineups for each game, lots of times it's 50% different than the week before. Mm-hmm. And simply because of, you know, who, who didn't test positive, you know, last week. So you're limited as to, as to who you can put in there roster-wise. So it's difficult to develop any sort of consistency when you have a different cast of characters, you know, every, every week. But normally when you look at those schedules and go, look, this is the one Eagles should win. This maybe is a toss-up. The reason you go to those schedules is because you got to come up. The math has got to come up to, you know, bowl eligibility. Right? Where are our six wins going to come from, or where are the seven wins going to come from? This year, because of COVID, of course, all of that stuff has been waived, so the bowls can pretty much pick whoever they want. But but even so, it's it's not likely uh, that you know two win teams are going to be in high demand. To go to bowls, even if a bowl were to choose, say a two or three win team, how many of those fans of the two or three win team are going to invest the money to travel to go see a two or three win team, you know, play? Because it's, you know, you got travel expense, you got the game expense, you got COVID hanging over your head, right. just a lot of lot of other things this year that come into play that that wouldn't necessarily in, in years past. But that's why. You say this is when you'd have to win. Normally, you'd be looking for that towards your bowl total. 
Right. But uh, but now that doesn't even that doesn't even matter. And I'm I, I got to believe that you'll you'll see really low attendance in a lot of bowl games this year uh, because of what you just said. And, and I hate to bring it up again, but that's COVID nineteen. I mean how how many how many fewer people are going to be willing to spend the money and take the chance to go watch a bowl game uh, under the circumstances we're presently living in. The National Football League, of course, the World Championship is called the Super Bowl. Well, even the Super Bowl, Bob, is going to be limited um, to maybe 50% attendance this year with absolute mandatory spacing, um, and that people who are going to the Super Bowl will be forced into cubicles, kind of like office spaces, where they will be divided. There will be some sort of dividers between you know, groups of seats and the next seat over. So it can well look like that. That office that you work in that has all those different cubicles and dividers, uh, just to watch a football game, you know, for the Super Bowl. So yeah. they're not even going. If the Super Bowl is limiting attendance, you know, it's a serious problem. Well, they're they're dividing those Dixie Darlings away from the crowd, aren't they, Kelly? I want to make sure well, there's a parameter between them and, and the student body, of course. And you know, Bob, we get it's amazing how many people listen to our show, and we're grateful for that. But I've had some people, you know, stop me on the street saying. Why do you guys keep talking about the Dixie Darling? Sometimes we have to go back and tell people why why we continue to to very tongue in cheek, you know, mention that. And it's because earlier this year when there was discussion about the Dixie Darlings having to change their name, um, it was noted that that what some students were were upset or terif- terrified by the name or something like that. Right. I, Uncomfortable. I yeah, uncomfortable. Unsafe. How... Felt unsafe. That's what it was. Felt unsafe. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, when we were kids, it was, you know, sticks and stones and they break my bones, but words Correct. will never, will never right. hurt me. Right. Um, nah, it's yeah, silly. The, the, the least intimidating group of people that I've ever met, you know. Yeah, now, I just got a text, Kelly, from Jody Lott. He's not intimidated at all by the Dixie Darlings. He's told me that personally. But, uh, Joe... <laughs> Jody, However, po- yeah, I- Jody points out that the that the running back we're going to see on the field tomorrow from uh, from uh, North Alabama played at Bassfield High School. So hey, you know, local kid, and you know he's pretty pumped up. Well, you, and you know that there's going to be you know, half of Jeff Davis County. Um, yeah, of course, Southern Miss has some some uh, guys from the area too. So yeah, yeah and really, you know, you talked about. That you didn't really expect a good crowd tomorrow, Bob. Actually, I think kind of the opposite, just based on some of the feedback I've seen on social media, people looking for tickets. You know, looking, if you're not going to go, I'd sure, you know, like to yeah. have two or, or have four. This should be another beautiful, bright, sunshiny day, high of about 70 degrees. It should be a perfect day, you know, right. for football. And, and cheer the guys on if you can at all. Not. And the linebacker, Jody, tells me from Pearl River Community College also on that North Alabama roster. So thanks for that, Jody. We appreciate uh, that input. All right, I'm going to hook up with golf coach Eddie Brescher in the next segment. Kelly will rejoin me at the bottom of the hour. We've got a lot of news from Conference USA. Got our picks. Other stuff to talk about as the weekend draws near. Eagle Hour continues after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg today. Luke is out. Kelly will be back 
on the show in the second half. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. Football weekend in Hattiesburg, and even though they're different uh, this year, uh, if you're going to be around, you can still pick up a new Southern Miss shirt or some kind of swag for you at Campus Bookmart. You can also go online to campusbookmart.net. We appreciate uh, their continuing support of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon, whatever affiliate you might be tuned in on or on the line or online. Uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Eddie Brescher is the uh, golf coach at Southern Miss, and uh, we want to talk to him about how his team is doing. And, uh, Coach, welcome to the show. But before I get to golf, I was just advised of something that you have confirmed to me, that you were at the Scott Berry Golf Tournament last weekend, a fundraiser for the Southern Miss baseball program. You hit a hole-in-one and won a Chevy Blazer. Is that is that true, Coach? That is correct. Um, it was Trust me, it was just as much a surprise to me as it was for anybody. Um, <laughs> it, it was a it was a pretty a pretty incredible day. I think uh, we're still kind of taken back uh, when that ball went in the hole. Uh, it's kind of one of those moments you do a double take and say, uh, "Did that really happen?" <laughs> Had you ever hit the hole in one before? I have. Uh, I've been fortunate to have three. Uh, wow! And uh, that I would say that one trumps the other two for sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct. All right, take me through that real quickly. What happened? Was describe. Well, it. We were on. Uh, we were playing tournament. Uh, we started on hole fifteen and then got to hole eleven. So it was late in the round. Uh, partners and I was playing with JD, uh, Scott, and Brian, and you know we had a. We were playing pretty good, and next thing you know, we, we had a, a an early par, which in a four man scramble, you know, is like making a triple. Um, so we're saying, man, we need something special to happen to kind of make up for it. And next thing you know, we get there, hit the ball. Kind of into the sun a little bit, so you really couldn't see it. Ball goes in the hole. We just lost it. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. Uh, that'd be a pretty good feeling to have someone hand you the keys to a Chevy Blazer. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to hit it again. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a it was a pretty incredible moment. Uh, certainly, you know, one that uh, myself and, and my playing partners, uh, we will, we'll never forget that one for sure. Well, I'm sure. So have you have you now incorporated the hole-in-one strategy for your golf team? Well, uh, I try to make sure the, the golf balls are, are listening before we uh, teed up that day. Um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So right. but if they've got ears as big as mine, they'll, they'll listen. So. Right. I got you. All right, Coach. Uh, congratulations on that, obviously. Bring bring us up to date on, on how, the, how the golf team is, is faring. Well, we're in off season right now, uh, but we did, you know, we were very fortunate to play a fall season. And you just um, concluded that recently, correct? Correct, we did. Okay. We just recently concluded that. Um, you know, there's 300 Division One golf programs in the country, and I want to say only about 85 to 90 have had the ability to play this fall semester. So we're one of the very few. So we're very lucky. We're fortunate. Played three events this semester. Uh, we went to UAB to start the semester at their tournament. Did not play good. Uh, had a rough go there. Went back home, went to the drawing board, figured out what we needed to practice to get ready for the next event, which was at Middle Tennessee. Huge bounce back for the guys. Uh, huge morale booster. We go there. We come in fifth um, in their tournament. And as you know, you've got anywhere from 10 to 15 teams in a tournament. You know, So when you top five it, you're in the uh, the top third. That, that's a very solid, good week for your program. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, we carried a little momentum over to uh, Little Rock, 
over at uh, University of Arkansas Little Rock's event up there. Came in seventh, um, so middle of the pack. Not the best, you know, not the worst, but we still posted under par scores for the three days in the tournament. So it was a it was a solid semester. I hated the fact that we were stopping at three events, uh, you know, because we were starting to build some momentum. We were starting to find our groove and click. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we were clicking at the end. Uh, you know, if we had another event or two to play, I feel like it could have been pretty special. But, you know, uh, again, we're just lucky to even be able to play three, much less uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the teams not able to teed up at all. What would you have normally played under normal we circumstances? We normally play five. Right. So you almost cut in half. Correct. Almost cut in half. So, you know, again, we're we're just fortunate to be able to be able to even peg it up um, this fall semester. Now spring, we've got a great schedule ahead. Um, we've got six tournaments in the spring, including the conference championship. Uh, trips to South Alabama. Then we're going to Auburn. We'll go out to Phoenix, Arizona for Grand Canyon's event. Uh, then we play Mizzou. Then we play Mississippi State and then our conference championship. And hopefully by then we'll have a vaccine and all this craziness uh, will be behind us. Who, who do you, as you look ahead, uh, you look ahead to the spring, who are you looking to be your biggest producers? Well, um, you know, the last couple of years, uh, our number one guy has been Bryce Wilkinson. Um, yes, fantastic. Um, he's just, he's consistently one of the best players in the state, uh, even in amateur golf and certainly within our program. Uh, we've got a nice, good core of guys after that uh, with our Canadian boys that are here in our program. Uh, we've also got uh, Matt Lorenz, who's a, a former Alabama State Amateur Champion. Uh, Brian and, and Hunter uh, are more local guys who've been solid performers for us. Um, and then we've also got two new guys coming in um, that are going to be coming in to join us as well mid-year. So, we're going to have some, some pretty strong depth, and uh, shooting even par in our qualifiers is probably not going to get it done to make a, a trip in our van. Is that right? So you're pretty optimistic about the way things are going. Absolutely. You know, uh, last year running the numbers, our eighth man on the team for the entire year, uh, tournaments and qualifying rounds, there was about 40 rounds of golf, guys averaging 74.1. That was the eighth man on our depth chart. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? Well, Absolutely. So the depth is there. Um, there's no doubt about that. You know, we just got to uh, we got to continue to push forward. We're, we are getting the horses we need through our recruiting to win the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just hope that life gets back to normal soon and we can play more races. <laughs> yeah, a- amen to that, Coach. Uh, overall, uh, kind of describe for our listeners, uh, what is the caliber of golf across Conference USA, Coach? It's unbelievable. Um, you know, there are there, the the kids nowadays. I'll give you a great example. When I was playing college golf, if you were a seventy three point five average guy, uh, you were a pretty darn good player. Now that's just average at best. Hmm. Um, you know, there's kids. You know, anytime you peg it up, no matter cold, windy, rainy, perfect conditions, from seventy two hundred yards on average, I mean, you need to be par or better um, to really be able to to get things going, mm-hmm. um, to really make a, a, a huge statement in, in college golf and in Conference USA. I mean, I've been here eight years now, and there's only been one team uh, 
off the top of my head, I think there's only been one team that's won multiple conference championships. So, you know, you, you could be the number one seed in the conference, you know, ranked top 50 in the country out of 300, and that doesn't guarantee you anything. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you, you still have to uh, go out and shoot 10, 15, sometimes even 20 under as a team in a tournament for three days. Mm-hmm. So, so CUSA teams have – CUSA teams can go out and compete nationally with with other leagues around the, around the country. Is what I'm hearing. Not a doubt. Not not a doubt. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of a lot of top 100 teams in our conference, and you know, again, you you've got to be a par better guy uh, for your teammates if if you want to be able to help the team achieve what we want to achieve. So, you know, 74.1 to the recreational golfer, you think, man, that's that's pretty darn good. You know, mm-hmm. averaging two over. A day, but college golf—you got to be better than that. About a minute left, Coach. Uh, what are the differences for for you going out recruiting as opposed to say a basketball or a or a football coach who obviously has a multitude of high schools to go watch games? What is the strategy you have to uh, put in place? I'm looking for the best player in the world. Uh, don't care where they're from, as long as they're an unbelievable person an unbelievable player and you do not have to worry about them taking care of business in the classroom we want them in our program and do they largely come from high school teams or i'm going to assume there are a lot of high schools that don't have golf teams uh are these amateur players where do you find them it's a lot of research um you study the rankings on a national scale you study the rankings within the world um the World Golf uh, Amateur Rankings. You study the within the, the country that you're looking at. You study their rankings. You see um, if there's a kid like, say, a John Rahm who was from Spain. You know, you can see historically what he did at junior golf compared to who you're looking at now. You know, so there's a lot of research that goes into it that people don't see um, that you really have to study those rankings if you want to get your foot in the door with a really, really good player um, who can help you win. Well, Coach, it sounds like you've got it going well, and uh, we appreciate the update on our golf program. And, again, I I can't let you off the air without saying congratulations again about winning a new truck at the Scott Berry Golf Tournament. And uh, we appreciate your time very much, Coach. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me on. And uh, trust me, my wife is very thankful for, uh, <laughs> for that shot. I bet she is. <laughs> all right, Coach. Coach Eddie Brescher, everybody, men's golf coach at Southern Miss and the owner of a brand new Chevy Blazer thanks to his golfing skills. Kelly Santa rejoins me. We'll take a look at what's about to happen in Conference USA as the Eagle Hour rolls along. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Appreciate you tuning in this afternoon. This segment is sponsored uh, by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Today was Catfish Day. 8.95 lunch, uh, Monday through Friday. Going to have a lot of activity this weekend. I'm sure there's going to be some football on the TVs tonight. No doubt the Golden Eagles on the TV tomorrow at uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, lots of good stuff to eat and drink and do. And uh, what a great place to uh, 
celebrate uh, the few football games that are actually going to be played this weekend for Street Bar and Grill, and uh, we strongly encourage our Golden Eagle listeners uh, to be good customers at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. All right, Kelly Sander is back on the show with me. Uh, Kelly, we're going to see a little football here tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock, but you got a lot of news today, and a lot of it is not good. Lots of COVID cancellations. And the list just keeps growing and growing as each hour goes by. Uh, of course, the health professionals told us that we were going to have another spike, you know, about this time of year, and it is really hitting some teams particularly hard. And one conference that has probably hit the hardest is our very own. Right. Conference USA really being ravaged by um, COVID. In fact, three of the games that were scheduled to be played tomorrow now have been postponed. So there's more games now that Conference USA is going to have to reschedule. Included in that list, Charlotte and Middle Tennessee now have canceled tomorrow's game. Charlotte has an outbreak of COVID. Louisiana Tech and North Texas have had to pull the plug on their game. North Texas is having problems with COVID. FIU and UTEP were scheduled to play tomorrow. Not anymore. As a couple of, as a, of a couple of hours ago, that game has been canceled because of COVID issues with both teams. You remember the entire city of El Paso was kind of on lockdown the past two weeks because of um, huge spikes over there. Of course, Southern Miss just had its game with UTEP rescheduled for early December. So it's going to be a lot more December football than we anticipated. But those three games right out of Conference USA will not be played tomorrow. Uh, and then also add UTSA and Rice. That game now has also been canceled. This time UTSA is having uh, the problem with COVID. So there's four now games from Conference USA that have been wiped out. Other games that will not be played include the Air Force Army contest. The Armed Forces really having problems because Tulsa and Navy have also canceled their games. So Air Force, Army, and Navy, none of them will play tomorrow. Purdue and Wisconsin, they knew early in the week that there were issues there in the Big Ten. So the Boilermakers and Badgers will have to reschedule their game. Other games that have been canceled include Louisville and Virginia. Washington and Cal supposed to have their first games in the Pac-12. Well, they didn't even get out of the gate before COVID has... Um, has reared its ugly head in the in the Pac Pac Ten conference. So uh, that that's Washington and California. They will have to reschedule. And again, Bob, you'd expect as the hours go on, there will probably be uh, some more. But that's that's the entire list as we have it right now. But again, four games from Conference USA: Southern Miss and North Alabama. One of the only games involving Conference USA teams tomorrow that is still scheduled to be to be played. Yeah, how bad is that for Rice? Rice waits all year long, had played only their second game of the season uh, this past Saturday at the at the Rock, and uh, and now they're canceled, not because of Rice, I understand, but because of San Antonio. So here's a bunch of kids that really have to be hugely disappointed. And that's a big regional game, too, you know, because you got two, two big players in the state of Texas, the cities of uh, Houston where Rice is located, in San Antonio. So, yeah, they really, for bragging rights, they really wanted to get that game in. And, you know, there's only so many dates in December that Conference USA is going to be able to back these games up. I mean, Southern Miss, as it turns out, is going to play its final two games. You know, if all things go as planned, they'll play their last two games in a period of five days. So, um, if they continue to, to have their conference championship for the 17th of December, whatever it is, all these makeup games, 
are going to have to be put in, you know, before then. And again, we're, we're really running out of time. Meanwhile, in the uh, latest NASA ratings, still terrible news for Conference USA. There's 127 teams at the Division One level that are playing football. The top-ranked Conference USA team in the Massey ratings is the Marshall Thundering Herd. No surprise there. Marshall in the top 25 AP poll, but Massey has Marshall at 54 out of uh, 127. Florida Atlantic continues to be the second-highest-ranked team in the, in the Massey ratings at 78. Then comes uh, UAB at 84. And then we quickly go up to the triple digits. And again, there's only 127 teams, but Conference USA holds down a large percentage of those spots. Charlotte at 103, La Tech at 104, Texas San Antonio 109, Rice at 114, Western Kentucky at 116, Middle Tennessee 118, North Texas 119, Southern Miss at 121, UTEP at 122, FIU at 123, and bringing up the very last spot in the Massey ratings from the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. And what and what is the number of teams in the Massey ratings? One hundred and twenty seven teams currently playing. Uh, did I hear you right? There are one hundred and twenty seven teams in the Massey ratings and Southern Miss is one twenty three? They are one twenty one. One twenty one. Okay. Doing better doing better than I thought. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's actually there's actually two conference USA teams ranked below Southern Miss. UTEP right behind at one twenty two. And FIU at 123. Yeah. So, well, I FIU, think, FIU's been a huge disappointment. Yeah. Huge disappointment this year. One team you know? that is not uh, hurting this year is, is Marshall. And I'm, I'm looking, Marshall hosts UMass this week. You got to believe that Marshall's a heavy favorite. That would put the Thundering Herd at 6 and 0. They have a they have a legitimate chance, Kelly, of, of running the table in Conference USA and going undefeated. And this will and this will show you the disparity, Bob. Let's just let's just say that happens, okay? You know, like say that's a realistic chance. This will just show you the disparity still in a lot of these teams that are playing. You know, the the SEC compared to you know everybody else. So you'd have Marshall that would run the table and be undefeated, and they still would get a a crumb bowl, right? You know, right. one of the one of the bottom feeder bowls, even though they would be undefeated. Uh, not have a single loss, which how many college football teams will be able to say that? Right. You know, uh, no matter what conference you're in, there's going to be very few teams that would be undefeated, but still they would get a consolation bowl, you know, as it were, somewhere down the road. Well, Kelly, again, I hate to say it, but when half of your conference is in the bottom 10 of the Massey ratings, I mean, it just, it draws you down. I mean, it kind of sucks you down with them. And that's why, and that's why there's been such a push. I mean, we just gave you those numbers. That's why, you know, there's such a push to move to the Sun Belt, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, true, true, Louisiana Monroe is the last place team in the, in the Masseys at 127, but all the other Sun Belt teams are sprinkled all throughout, you know, some pretty reasonable numbers in there as far as that goes. So you're right. You are who you hang out with, you know. You are who, you, who you're in a conference with. And um, so from a geographic sense, it would certainly make sense. But from a competitive standpoint, too, I would think it would only force you, you know, to get better. Because really, even if you win Conference USA, which it is what it is, that those are the cards that you're dealt. So you want to win the conference that you're playing in. But even if you do, what have you really accomplished? Right. Right. 
Uh, is this fair to say, Kelly? I we we talk a lot on this show about the comparison between the Sun Belt and Conference USA, and it just seems to me this year more than ever, with the national exposure they've gotten, with the performance of their teams, uh, with the excitement of the games that they've had nationally televised. It just seems to me that the Sun Belt has pulled away from Conference USA in football this year more than we've ever seen in a previous season. I just think the whole leadership at Conference USA, and here's a perfect example, football aside, Bob, let's talk basketball. You know, as Heath Hitton reported on the Eagle Hour a couple of weeks ago, Conference USA decided to do the two games, you know, two games at one, so to speak, in basketball where the road team would play two games on the road at the same location, one on Thursday night and one on Saturday. Well, then two weeks later, they said, well, maybe we should do Friday and Saturday instead of Thursday and Saturday. So, you know, you don't make an announcement like that until you're sure that's what you're going to do, right? So first it was Thursday and Saturday. You know, two weeks later, it's Friday and Saturday. It just doesn't lend any credibility when every time you turn around, a different decision has been made. And you remember when, when Southern Miss was in a p- potential tie-breaking situation a couple years ago, the Conference USA at the very last minute changed the tiebreaker rules. Remember that? Right, right. And, and there was, so, so, I mean, you're, you're changing rules as the wind blows, and I don't care who you are, and it is interesting in the political environment that we're in now, it just doesn't lend for very much credibility when you're constantly changing things uh, you know, every time you turn around. It just doesn't doesn't solidify legitimacy in the mind of your fan base. Now that's a great comparison. Uh, and so what you're basically saying is Conference USA has about the amount of credibility the national news media has these days, Kelly. I, I, I think that's fair. And, and that that is a direct indictment of leadership at the top. Correct. You know, All right. There are going to be three conference football games this weekend. UMass at Marshall, Charlotte at – no, that's not right – UMass at Marshall, Western Kentucky at Florida Atlantic, and North Alabama at USM. So we'll take a look at those three games when we come back, throw some picks your way, wrap up another week of the Eagle Hour. We hope you'll stick around. Hey, welcome back. Last segment of the week on the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Bob and Kelly together this afternoon. A quick uh, note that I'll be out next week on vacation. Luke will be out uh, as well. And Kelly will be piloting this uh, bird all next week. So, uh, you're. And all I can say, Bob, is when the cat's away. The, m- the mice will play. <laughs> so let me let me rephrase that. I'll be back in a week or so if I still have a job after uh, after <laughs> Kelly is in charge for a week. Right? That's right. <laughs> we'll we'll clean up, Bob. You'll never even know the party went on. Yeah, that reminds me of what my kids used to tell us sometimes when we would leave and uh, and leave them at home, and you know, it never turned out quite that way. It never turned <laughs> out quite that way. You always wound up coming home a little sooner than you thought. I remember huh? one time we did that when I'm uh, daughter was gone by then but my son was probably i 
don't know, maybe 18 years old. And uh, they did a great job of cleaning up the house, but there was just one thing they overlooked. They forgot about the margarita machine they had managed to get in the garage and forgot to get it out before uh, before we got home. And, you know, Kelly, it was amazing. They had no idea where that where that machine came from. It just it was like the margarita fairy showed up. It, it is. It is amazing, isn't it, how that happens? It is. But, but you know what, Bob? At least they cleaned up. They I mean, did. They tried, yes. Uh, you know, the margarita fairy, kind of like the ballot fairy that's been traveling around the country this week. So uh, fairies are well, everywhere. At least you didn't come home and there were holes in the walls and, and broken lamps and, you know, things like that. Which right. Have been, not, not that that'll happen next week in the studio. No, no, but no. I'm just, or, or I didn't come home and find Joe Biden sitting in my living room. So I, I, I guess I should, looking back, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, right? And we're well, not going to find him in the studio when I come back, are we, Kelly? And Well, even if you did, he wouldn't know he was there. So. <laughs> He'd be asleep over on the couch, right? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? He'd be yeah. napping on the couch behind Where us over I? here. <laughs> Why am I here? All right, Kelly. Well, COVID's pretty much wiped out Conference USA. However, there are three games on the schedule. So let's talk about those for a minute. Uh Two of probably the most disappointing teams uh, in the league are playing tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Western Kentucky at Florida Atlantic, and both of those have been a, a real disappointment. Fair to say? No, no, I think, I think you're thinking about FIU. It has been a disappointment. FIU, my mistake. Yeah. Yes, FIU. Yeah. Now, Western Kentucky, for sure. You know, big, big disappointment. Uh, and, of course, they're playing, they're playing on the road at FAU. And, Bob, i got to tell you, last week. That's I right, FAU, my mistake, yes. No, that's okay. I took the Roadrunners last week to win at FAU because uh, UTSA has kind of been my sleeper team this year. Um, but Luke Luke and I talked about that, and Luke says, man, I'm telling you, the FAU defense is really good. And um, they they held Texas San Antonio last week to just three points. So I'm a believer. Western Kentucky, not, not real formidable, and then they have to go on the road to FAU, which that defense is really stingy. I think the Owls will win pretty comfortably. Uh, Kelly, heads up! I think your your phone may be coming down with COVID. It's kind of cutting in and out on me, so just just okay. FYI. All right, now UMass, uh, not a very good football team uh, at the best school in the league. Marshall, this is an easy one for the herd, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, and I think Marshall. I, I agree with the Massey ratings. I agree with the AP that Marshall's head and shoulders the best. You know, the best team in the league. UAB, you know, had a lot of believers, but UAB was showing. Remember, we called that last week that they would go into Ruston and uh, and get a formidable challenge for from the Bulldogs. And La Tech pulled that off last week. Remember, in overtime. So um, UAB has some chinks in its armor, but nobody has found a weakness in Marshall yet. So Marshall, Marshall ought to win that one easily. Look, well, coach has been up there a long time. Stability. Means it a lot. Is, yeah, it means a lot, and he he's really done a great job. I think really this. Well, I, I think he's a great coach. I think the guy at the Louisiana Tech has brought a lot of stability to that program, and, and certainly UAB. You know, and they, I remember I remember when the whole Coach Bauer thing went down, um, and I don't remember which Division One coach said it. He said, "Now let me get this straight." Yeah, Jeff Bauer was there for like sixteen seasons. They had like fourteen winning seasons in a row. I don't know how many consecutive bowl games, and you got rid of them. Right, right. <laughs> well, the, the point there is the consistency. You know, right. when you, Coach Bauer was there, you, you knew what you had, yeah. you know? 
That has proven to be a great move, and uh, that could be that could be the topic of another show. Okay, and then of course the big one in the last minute we have left North Alabama here, Kelly. Uh, we've talked about this a good bit this week, but how do you see this playing out? Surely the Eagles have got to pull this off, Bob. I mean, and again, maybe maybe I'm not giving North Alabama enough credit, you know, either, but. Um, uh, and I'm not saying I'm not saying the Eagles are going to steamroll them by by any way, shape, or form, but um, but I think the Eagles have got to win this one. I think they will win this one. It might be three points, but three points might as well be a hundred the way things are going. Well, I think you're right. I I think in the end Southern Miss comes out on top, but I don't think it's going to be easy. And uh, I think it's going to be a competitive football game at, at least through much of the afternoon. But we'll see. That's on ESPN three. It's at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, just in case you uh, want to tune in, and I'm sure you do. And before we go, Kelly, where are your where are your your really bad bad Bengals playing this weekend? And I say bad, I mean they're they're tough. I mean it in a good sense. Well, they're not going to lose this weekend. Oh, they're off. <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> now that wasn't very nice. It's true, but right. still not very nice. How much are they favored over Open Day, Kelly? Uh, they're actually getting three. They're getting three over <laughs> open day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That wraps up the week. Kelly will be on the show all next week. He'll take really good care of you around the state. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Until Monday, Southern Miss. To the top. To the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.